Welcome to your first home buyer guide, the podcast for first home buyers who want to get it right. I'm Megan and that was Veronica. We're both buyers agents and probably old enough to be your mums. But that's a good thing because between us, we've got over 40 years experience and we are going to share with you bucket loads of stories about avoidable mistakes. Together, we're going to make sure that you get unbiased and real information that you can rely on so you can get where you want to be without missing a step. Now, we've got loads of great tips for you in this episode. And if you'd like more useful tools, head over to the website, homebuyeracademy.com.au. There you'll find free checklists that you can download, a free mini course on how to price a property and our where to buy a workshop for only $39. Priceless stuff, really. Bargain. But before we get into the interesting stuff in this week's episode, here's the boring bit, the disclaimer. You, of course, know that nothing in this podcast is to be taken as personal advice. We always recommend getting the advice of an expert in their field of expertise. Now, we've done our very best to ensure that the content is correct at the time of recording, but things change. So check with the relevant government authority or your advisors to get the most up-to-date information. We're following the journey of one first home buyer who has conquered the mountain. Woo-hoo! We're going to hear about the lessons they learnt, whether their assumptions were right or wrong, the mistakes they made, and those that were avoided, and ultimately how they sealed the deal. Mike is a Home Buyer Academy graduate, and we're so excited to be sharing your story today. Thank you for coming along and joining us, Mike. My pleasure, Veronica. Hi, Mike. Good to see you again. We Good do day. miss our students after we after you know the, the course sort of ends. But let's start yes. at the beginning. Where were you up to in your property search when we first met you? I was all over the place. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, you know, being a first home buyer, it, it very much about affordability. We were thinking anywhere from the northern beaches because you know that's a hot spot at the moment, isn't it? Mm. Um, I'll just we- jump in and say you are by you bought in Sydney. Sydney. So yes. Just so yeah. Sorry. Get there. Yep. Northern beaches of New South Wales. Yeah, in Sydney. So we were looking everywhere from like um, Mona Vale all the way up to Freshy, um, and then back into the uh, Lower North Shore, Wollstonecraft, Neutral Bay, Cremorne. We've been renting in in Neutral Bay for the last three years. Love it here. It's got all these great little parks for my daughter to run around. She's two, so we needed a bit of room. But um, we don't know what's ahead of us as far as size. So, but we we kind of like all right. We're looking around. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Eventually, we decided on an area, uh, Wollstonecraft. So yeah. So before right. we get to where you, how you eventually decided on that, when you're looking everywhere, and we're talking quite a big geographical mm. range there. I mean, how are you trying to work out a where you should land and b what you're looking at and see how much these properties you know, are worth. Yeah. I think we, we, we went from this idea around what where are we going to get the most bang for our buck? So that's why we looked at the edge being Monoval and thought, oh, Warrywood, Monoval, you can get a three-bedroom unit, townhouse for around the same kind of money. And then, you know, we went through the Home Buyer Academy and started putting in a bit of a framework around how we were going to make our decision. Um, and it also came back to what are the 
what do my wife and I, what do we value differently? And so that was really important that we put that on paper. We definitely needed to have a drink when we did that one. So <laughs> yeah, we, we, wrote, we, we took your advice, did the homework and, and we put it down on paper and we were kind of similar, but there were certain things where I was like, all right, I, I clearly, I'm going to have to budge here on my request, but I will also then accomplish some other goals. So that was really how we kind of came to that area is, is, you know, writing down what our, our core needs were. Oh, you're doing the three Ps. <laughs> yes, the three Ps. And it the is where funny. To buy. Mm. Yeah, I know. I just it's it, that thing about there's all that that largely common ground, but those little outlier things that you sort of get hung up on. And some, you know, I've met in my business, and you're probably the same, Megan. You meet people that have been looking for sometimes years, and they mm. get focused on the differences rather than all the similarities that they want. Yeah. And so, what? How did you? I guess so. What you ultimately bought then, and we'll get to that in a minute. How did that differ? Is that what you imagined you'd buy when you first started looking? Um, no. I mean, I we went through this process where we were like, okay, what we want to get a good quality property, at least the best quality property for the money, and that's and but we also had these hopes and dreams of having a three better that we know that we could have for years and years and years, way past the the five six year requirement and maybe ten years, um, at least living in it. And so we, we kind of looked at it and went, all right, okay, if that's what, what our goal is, let's look at where we can find properties in our budget for those areas. And that's why we started that kind of end. And we looked at DY and we looked at like, you know, Motorvale, Warrywood, um, and, and quickly, and even Willoughby, we kind of quickly realized that, you know, for us to get a good quality product, we were really going to have to up our budget. And I didn't want to put that kind of stress on myself and my family because I knew how I reacted to stress, financial stress in the past, just through making bad decisions with cars and mm -hmm. things like that, you know, <laughs> in my early 20s, yeah. <laughs> as so many of us do. Um, and, and so, yeah, that was that was an influencing factor. And, and we, we just decided, all right, let's try and go for a large two-bedroom um, and hopefully we can find a study or something along those lines that enables me to have a room or an area to kind of do work and things like that. So that that helped us to evolve um, the, the thought process then and ended up getting a really large two-bedder in Wollstonecraft, yeah. So an average two-bedder, Veronica, in Sydney in the areas that we're talking about, they'd be, what, about 80 square metres? Yeah, probably 80 to 90. Um, 90 is like a good size one. Yep. So what's the size so of my, the one you What did you get? <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's about 100 square metres internally and then another 14 or 17, uh, I forgot what it is, on uh, for the garage. So we've also got a lock-up garage. Fabulous. Okay. Yes. Now, so you didn't get the three bedrooms, but you actually got a good size uh, in the unit itself. Mm. Okay. It's a 1977 Mervac building, double brick everywhere, which is causing some issues when it comes to trying to get the NBN installed. But other than that, it's been, <laughs> yes. it's great. Yeah. It's all in good nick. It's got great arches that kind of create that long, <laughs> uh, all those little, little things. Um, we're getting floorboards put down at the moment. It's just been in the process of being painted. The kitchen didn't even have a dishwasher. So like tell this was about, original. Tell us about the unit. Tell us about, you know, <laughs> what, what was it on the, when you looked at your list and what you wanted and, and what it had and how, yeah, how did it all come about? Tell us the story around how you, you came across it and, and what it was that you compromised on and, and mm -hmm. what, what did you tick on your list? Right. So, um, 
the location was really important. That was the probably the first thing. So location was uh, needed to be close to transport, like because we didn't want to buy a second car, so it needed to be close to a train station or just good bus good bus route um it needed to be at least two bedroom with decent sized bedrooms um and preferably an l shape um and a bathroom and a kitchen that we could kind of do up ourselves we were kind of looking for something that we could do up ourselves a bit and add value to the property um we wanted to make sure that it had rental appeal as well so that if in the event that when we grow out of it we can rent it out at a at a nice point and it needed to have a big balcony because when it's raining and you have a toddler that is the hardest thing in the world (laughs) (laughs) and it doesn't matter if it's a boy or girl my my daughter (laughs) is so just wants to just explosive she's running around the house constantly don't know the reason why i've got my headset in is because i can hear my daughter in the background running around the apartment (laughs) living in right now um so yeah, we wanted to have these things and a big balcony. And at first, when when I saw it online, my uh, and we, and I, I can talk about how we found it later on. Yeah. But when we looked at it, my wife was like looking online, going, "I don't like this at all." I'm like, "Look, but it, it, the, the core of it, the the essence of it, let's look at it. It's it's got good value there. I can see it." She walked in. She looked at the balcony. And she could see all the green, all the trees, and everything from the balcony. And she saw that there was a second balcony. She's like, "Oh, we can have table there." And she pictured herself there, and that was what did it for us. I think, yeah. That's that's that really was- interesting. So you you looked out online. She wasn't she wasn't quite there for it, but when she saw it in person, hmm. there was some emotional. There, there was an emotional reaction by the sound of it. Totally, totally. And there was there's been other properties where that's been the case as well. Um, but for whatever reason, they just weren't the right property for us in the long run. And whether it was that financial discussion, we're like, yeah, in order for us to get that one, we're going to have to, you know, go 100K more than where we're at at the moment. And that's going to put do this to us. So we could do it. But do you really want to deal with me when I'm stressed? Like, it's just not worth it. <laughs> <laughs> giving a, you yeah. have to warning. be able to live together as well. Yeah, um, yeah I want a divorce. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> not when you got let's, a mortgage. <laughs> yep. No. Let's talk about how you found this property. Was it on domain or realestate.com? Was it on the portals or how, how did you come across it? One of the things that I've learned from working with the Home Buyer Academy is that um, if you're not going to hire a professional, and we really wish we could have, but I just don't think we had the budget initially, um, the floorboards are now getting put down with the budget that we had. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it, we just, we, we took the advice from the Home Buyer Academy and we just you know, did a lot of prep work. So I went out and uh, added myself on, you know, I took a couple of hours out of work and just went on online and started researching all of the real estate agents in the area that I think that we wanted to live in, in the core areas. We picked about three suburbs and just added myself to all of their mailing lists. And so that got us access to the semi-off-market or the off-market-ish uh, kind of properties. I don't think anything's off market these days. Um, <laughs> and so we we're getting these emails and I was like, all right, might as well look through the emails. And that's when we found this particular property. Um, and I was like, oh, okay. It's, it's, you know, and that's why I, you know, went in and saw it. And then I started asking questions. Um, you know, why, why can't I find this on domain? Why can't I find this on realestate.com? And uh, the, the, the lovely agent, um, Stuart, said to me, oh, it's, a, it's an 88-year-old lady who is moving to a home and she doesn't have the money to put it on those kinds of, um, you know, those websites. So we're kind of just doing this off our database and, um, yeah, but we've got a lot of interest. Um, and I 
And I was like, oh, that's great, you know, good to see. And just as I left, I, I, I noticed that there was, you know, there's multiple people on the agent list um, when on all these places. So I called up the other person. And I said, hey, I'm interested in this property. Have you got any bids yet? And just started scooping to find out more information. He goes, look, we had one offer, but it fell through because of finance and blah, blah, blah. So I'm like, oh, you don't actually have any offers at the moment? He goes, yeah, the, the one we had just fell through. It's a shame, but uh, I expect to sell it real soon. I was like, okay, all right, thanks, mate. Um, and we thought about it. And then we were just like, all right, we've got to put in an offer. Uh, otherwise, we're going to miss out because it's starting to heat up. This is in COVID, but you can see it was happening. And then just put in the offer and they said, great, okay, well, I'll take that to the owner and yeah. How did you come up with the offer? So tell us about that, mm. that process. What did you go through? What were the things that you were looking at? Did you just pluck the number out of the air? I'm sure you didn't because you've done the course. But- we hope you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, um, so, you know, you, you talk about having a team around you um, and it, you can do a lot of study yourself. So I, I went on to realestate.com, started looking for comparable sales in the area. Um, I went through the process that the Home Buyer Academy outlines and that was helpful. And I, I worked out that properties in that area, the 80s, the 90 uh, square foot were going for around that 1.065, a little bit higher, a little bit lower, depending on the aspect and the street address and things like that. Um, so I thought, all right, I've seen one that's kind of similar. It's it, it you know, and I thought, all right, it's kind of similar square foot wise, but it doesn't have it, and it's been renovated. But this one hadn't been renovated, but it was way bigger. So I thought, all right, there's some value there. I reckon, you know, the point I need to go at is like 1.065, and that's going to be my number. Then, without providing that number to to the uh, to the agents, I uh, called up my um, my broker. Uh, that's the team at Wellful. And I asked them, what are your thoughts on this offer? And they had access to information, um, you know, some of the other property value sites. And they and they said, well, look, it's valuing at this. Um, so I think that you probably need to go a little bit higher than that just because of the, the market and that, you know, and the number that you're telling me right now is probably a good number. And so I had that that feedback and I'm like, all right, I feel confident with this number. It makes sense on paper. It making it's making sense with other good, you know, knowledgeable people in the market. This is what I'm going with. That's it's interesting that process. Uh, Wellful, just by the way, is that's Chris Bates's business, and he's mm. my co-host on the Elephant in the Room. Um, you need to have Ben on there as well. Ben, ben is a legend. Ben's great. <laughs> so Ben's <laughs> the dude. He's Brisbane-based. Ben too, he isn't is, he? Yes, yep. I have met Ben. Yep. So. They are unusual um, in that they are right into property, like mm. right into it. Yeah. And so th- they do a very, very good understanding of property. And so most brokers don't have that level of understanding, but mm. they do have access to information that the average buyer doesn't, and that is all those, those you know, generally core logic is what they use. Um, and But what you did first was actually do your own research first and then effectively checking that against the broker to make sure that you're covered um, in terms of well, yeah, sanity check. Yeah. Sanity check. And whether you're going to get the money, like will that, is that likely to stack up because you're going to have to get evaluation? Mm. Is the data pointing in the right direction? I guess you're you're making that, that sort of, so it's the sanity check, but it's also really practical and pragmatic because you're saying, well, that's fine that I might go offer this money. Mm. Is the bank still going to lend it to me? Mm. 
Yeah, definitely, because that was one of the other concerns that came up, right, is just because this is an aggressive market, just because I value something at this rate, will will the banks and mm, yeah. will anyone else? I can't uh, – th- those guys are amazing, and the banks took forever to get the pre-approval done, forever. <laughs> like, we yeah. were waiting months it's and months. It's a long processing And these great time. rates – uh, they're fantastic. I think like 1.94, something along those lines with with St. George. But it's like it took forever. And we almost we missed out on a couple of properties that we liked. But for that reason, we ended up still getting something that, we, you know, is probably a much better property for us. Funny so, how these things turn out sometimes, mm, isn't it? That, mm. that overall process helped me to just live in the heat of it and kind of go, oh, fuck it, did I miss out on that one? And, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's hard, isn't it? Yeah. I'm really? Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, my yeah, missus, yeah. missus found a little harder. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm really interested, Mike. Some people talk to us about, you know, they're going through the course and, and they have this aha moment, this, oh, I didn't realise that I didn't know that. Um, did you have one? Did you, ha- did you have anything like that when you were actually doing the course or when you started applying what you'd learned through the course to your actual search? It was uh, it was probably more so um, afterwards, um, after just doing the actual, you know, that additional research. research um I think the aha moment was coming to grips with the fact that we couldn't go with a three-bedroom um, and we had to go look at a two-bedroom. Uh, and that immediately, you know, meant that we could get a much co- better quality product. Mm. Um, and that was that was so it was like this, you know, all right, how long are we going to be in this property? Oh, we could probably be in there five years, create bunk beds, all of that kind of stuff. Um, and so it was a relief. It was it was that aha moment. Right. Yeah, that's yeah. The interesting. So when you say quality, tell me how you're defining quality. Um, so I've been listening to podcasts on on property. You know, um, yours, Veronica, um, the Property Couch, um, Home Buyer Academy, all all of these different podcasts for years now, and everyone's got. Um, pretty much the same kind of comments. Um, so aspect, location, livability, whether it's, you know, how many uh, boxes does it tick as far as whether it's going to be, you know, interested, for, it's going to be a, a property that an investor would like, a, a first home buyer, um, a downsizer, those things. Um, overall size, just to make sure that it had the basics, um, layout, feng shui, if you want to call it, it's just <laughs> things like that. Um, like it, it ticks some boxes as far as the strata reports. Um, you know, high strata doesn't necessarily mean bad quality and un- not managed well. In fact, it can mean the opposite. Mm. Um, so little things like that, um, you know, big balcony for us was really important. Just, yeah. yeah. So, so to sum all that up, you basically came to the conclusion that if you're going to insist on three bedrooms, you were you were suffering in some other way, in a number of other ways, by the sounds of it. Totally, totally. <laughs> like I was looking, I remember. So, one of the first properties that we got way too excited on was like on a main road in DY. Oh, I'm glad uh, you didn't buy that. Yeah, it, yeah. <laughs> it was on the it was on the uh, less 
less uh, less attractive side of DY where they had um, it was right near a school, <laughs> right near a school in like okay, in a in a block big ones there. Yep, <laughs> in a block of townhouses, um, and the townhouse was uh, it was two bedrooms upstairs and two bedrooms downstairs. So like it was well, and one of them was more of a study. So it was a three bedroom plus study. Um, it was great, as in from a, it ticks the box as far as three bedrooms and two bathrooms. But it was all these other things where we're just like, oh, it it just it screamed no. Like it just because it's three better does not mean that it's the right solution for you. And I think mm. I got swept up in three bedroom. Mm. Yeah. Great. It's interesting. What about some of the ones that you missed out on? And when I say missed out on because you're in that process of getting the finance right. approved, yeah. any of those that, are, you know, you have said that you think you bought better in the end, but, you know, what was going on for you when you knew you were going to miss out on them? Were you, were you sort of tempted to take risks? Um, yeah, uh, I'm not. I'm a, a risk-adverse person. Um there was there was one property in Narrabeen which was on Ocean Street, but literally a, almost across the road from the beach. Um, the and it was a it was a beautiful two bedroom with a large study, so you could have fit a third bedroom in there just um, in a single bed. And we were looking at that, God, this is awesome property. But the real estate agent was lovely, and he kind of said, "Look." there's a couple of things you need to be aware of. And he started rattling off all of these things that were listed in the strata report, but a lot of other like owner bidders had, had not mentioned. And I was like, okay, this is something that we need to take into consideration. And uh, we missed out on, on, on that one. It ended up selling a um, couple of weeks later. And we thought that the our pre-approval was going to come in. And we just, I was, I wasn't prepared to put down an offer until I had my pre-approval. And I'm glad I didn't, and Smart. it's it ended up selling. But I mean, um, when I I continued to do research into that area and realised it was outside of the flood zone that's in Narrabeen because Narrabeen Lakes has this really bad flood zone on one side and less on the other. Um, but it had been damaged previously in uh, a big kind of like, I think it was 2016, maybe 2017, I've forgotten, but when there was these big storms. So, you know, it's interesting when you do more research into an area, the deeper you go, you know, looking at floods and things like that, you can start to get a better understanding of where you're buying and why it was a good decision not to go down that road. Oh, that local knowledge is that absolute is gold, valuable. isn't it? I mean, particularly mm. in Brisbane, Megan's all, yeah. you're always talking about floods, aren't you? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> look, and, 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 and you talk about a floodplain, Mike, but in Brisbane it's 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 even, you know, property specific. There are, It's such a hilly topography that you need to know almost house by house what, what does get affected and doesn't get affected. So good on you. Well done for, for doing that level of research and understanding so much, so much in depth about the local information that you needed to know to either not buy in that area or to be really well aware if you were going to buy in that area what the risks were. Did you ever suffer from information overload? I mean, you're doing a lot of research. You obviously did our course. Um, you know, did you ever get to a point where you think, oh, too much? Um, yeah, I mean, it got to the weekend where sometimes you're just like, oh, I don't want to go out and see another property this week. <laughs> I just want to relax. That's and called you know, decision we'll... fatigue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> I had a I had a, um, a a new client tell me yesterday. If he he said if I have to go and look at one more property that does not suit me, I think I might just stop altogether. So it, it absolutely does. So you get to the point where you just want it to end, but you don't want to make a bad decision, rush forward on something that you just to end the process. Yeah, people do though. Um, now, Mike, you uh, this was a sort of a half off market, i.e., it was a, a fake off. We call them fake off markets, is when it's on the market, but only via the agent's database. As you said, it wasn't on the major portal. So that's what you did there was great groundwork um, in making yourself known to all those agents in those areas. So at least you're getting that that information um, coming through your inbox. But um, so obviously you didn't have to worry about auction, but you're, you made an offer. You went through that process of making an offer. Uh, dis- describe for me the time from making the offer to getting it accepted and actually making it unconditional. How did that go for you? That was... That was like a the most nerve-wracking part because I made the offer and we didn't hear anything for at least a day. And I'm like, oh, did, did they get the email? Did they not get the email? Because you have to send it formally, right? And then I yeah. called up the next day and he said, we're still going to show the property. Um, and I go, okay, so my offer wasn't accepted. And he said, uh, well, actually, your your, your offer is um, is slightly higher than the last one but we we're not we're going to keep showing the property until we get someone that puts in um a deposit and so i said all right well if if the if the lady's going to accept my offer then great i'll put in a deposit um and then i rushed to you know like pretty much i said great well are we we good that he goes yep she'll i'll I'll talk to her and you know an hour sorry an hour later she he called me back he goes look they'll accept your offer but you know, you got to get your deposit in. She really just wants to sell. She doesn't mind. Um, so yeah, that's what I did. I had to rush out, go to the bank, get that sorted, send it out. Um, I went to the bank to do the deposit for some reason. It just felt better uh, <laughs> rather than transferring it online and all of that. And I got my deposit in. Are you a millennial? <laughs> are you a millennial or Gen Z? What are you? I don't know. I would have thought everything's online for you guys. <laughs> yeah. So, so you got the money. Sorry, you went and paid the deposit. So that's the ten yep. percent deposit, was it? Yeah. Uh, well, I did. I chose for five. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah, and you, got you just that wanted ag- some consideration to to, yeah. to see that you were realistic. At Serious, that yeah. point, now Veronica, New South Wales being different to other states in terms of exchange and so forth. So at that point, was it a a, a legally binding offer, or was it just? Uh, you know, was there a contract that was exchanged? You know, where were you at at that point, having paid the deposit? Yeah, it was all a bit of a blur, wasn't it? Yeah, there was an, a contract exchange. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. There, so there was, yeah. yeah. And was, was it an, a conditional contract? So you were able to do some conditions, satisfy Yeah, conditions I had some conditions exchange? in there. It okay. was little things like um, we, we don't want to keep – it was like everything was fine. It was just like 60-day terms um, and – it was just like, we don't want there to be any of these things because the, she had all of her original, like, just everything, couch, stuff. bed, yep. just yep. stuff, bar, awesome bar, by the way. Did you keep given that? To, yeah, we kept, I gave it to one of my, uh, I got some great um, tradies um, and one of my mates, I gave it to him and he's like, you know, painting it and doing it up and everything. Oh, cool. It's like original 
1977. Yeah, it's called character. Yeah, having a bar was really important then, wasn't it? Apparently, when you walked in, it had this this disco-y, you know, kind of light. It was really funny with the lights all kind of shining down, and it was very (laughs) like, um, there was that actor I've forgotten his name. Um, Anyway, yeah, it was just very, very, yeah, very groovy. Very, very <laughs> yeah. groovy. So, yeah. okay, so you. Um, so you exchange conditionally. But hang on, when you say conditionally, so in let's just clarify this. Um, in different states, you have different requirements, right? The contract in New South Wales, if you if it's conditional, it's that what that means is that you put in that you say, right, I don't want those things or I do want those things. That's my offer. It's conditional to you agreeing to that. There's no backing out if they don't, you know, like, I mean, that's their that's their obligation. They have to take out whatever is agreed that they're going to mm. take out. They have to leave whatever is agreed that they're going to leave. But the contract is binding once you exchange. Did you exchange? There's two ways to exchange contracts, though, in New South Wales, is with a cooling-off period and without a cooling-off period. Now, what happened with you? I had to waive the cool-off period. Yeah, I thought you might have. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. Um, I also had um, my uh, conveyancer just do all of that negotiation, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So you had that contract sorted out and agreed to before you delivered it with your signature on it and you deposit. All happened in the day. Yeah. And your conveyancer would have had to actually put a certificate in that contract, say it's a 66W, to Mm -hmm. say that you can waive the cooling off. And and in New South Wales, a conveyancer or your lawyer has to do that. In other states, to waive a cooling off period, like in Queensland, how easy is it up there? You can just sign sign a document uh, waiving the cooling off period yourself. Which means, which means that in Queensland, you need to, if you're going to do the Home Buyer Academy course, your first home buyer guide, that bit about understanding what's involved before you sign a contract, you absolutely have to do that every single bit of that course because absolutely. you can waive the cooling off period. At least in New South Wales, you're somewhat protected because the conveyancer actually goes through the contract, has to advise you on that contract. So you can't accidentally sign yourself up for something that you can't get out of. Seriously mm. detrimental. Yeah, yeah. So there are protections in New South Wales that don't exist elsewhere. Um, and so once you're signed, with a, without a cooling off period because that's effectively like buying under auction conditions. It's, mm. it's your, once it's signed and you've handed it over with your deposit check, you're committed it, to buying that property in 60 days. You've got to pay the rest of the, bal- the balance. How did you feel then? You must have felt sick. <laughs> did you? I did. I'm like, I can't believe I'm parting with all of this money. Um, yeah. It's taken you all this time to save it. Now you're giving it to someone else. <laughs> so long. We were looking from like... I think it was back in 2010. I was, I was like, you know what? I think this is the, the year I'm going to buy a property. 2010, <laughs> 2010, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 2010. We were like, yep, that's this is the year we're going to buy a property. And then we just we pushed it out. And then it got to 2015, and we were just like, uh, clearly, we just we you know we just like it was back in 2010. You're like, yeah, let's buy a property. And then you just like, no, not going to happen. Put it on the shelf. And then got serious again in 2015. Started looking in Hornsby because that was the only affordable place that we could we thought we could get into. And then we parked that once we kind of like looked at Hornsby more. Um, I and mean, it's a great area for for some, but just not for not for what we were after. But anyway, yeah, so yeah, we parked it. And, so that yeah. was uh, version two. And when, mm. when did you get stuck into version three? Uh, probably about mm, eight months ago. Okay. 
Yeah. Wow. So for you, ten this new time program. <laughs> ten process. But this time it was about eight months from when you said, yeah. yep, you know what, we've got the... We deposit. got serious eight months yeah. ago. I think when we started looking 10 years ago, it was kind of just like, oh, that'd be nice. Oh, mm. that'd be nice. And we went to a couple of, you know, open homes. That was about it. Didn't have <laughs> any idea what we were doing. <laughs> wow, that's interesting. So that whole first home buyer process can take... Had you saved up much money back 10 years ago? Um, I had been given an inheritance, a very small one. I think it was like fifty grand, um, and that and that was you know, that was what we needed at the time. But mm. that that money started going when we had to get married and paid for, you know, trip overseas and you know just being silly mm. with our money, right? Ooh, yeah. interesting. All right, but so then now. you had to resave again. Yeah. <laughs> So now you're you've got the home, you've moved in. Not yet. Oh, you're still we, doing it's renovating. Still renovating. Yeah. Yeah, because you should have seen it. <laughs> Very chic. Shake <laughs> grandma's house. Pardon? You should have shake house. whole carpet. Oh, the carpet. Oh, <laughs> like well, my toddler. I'm like I don't. I'm so like fearful of her. Like she's 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 right into uh, Teletubbies and all of that kind of stuff at the moment and uh, the night garden. And there's this little character which walks around with its red, you know, red blanket and she's yeah. like lying on the ground copying, you know, this little this little character. And I would, f- I, I it was that old that I'm like, oh, she's going to get sick. Like it was <laughs> old. It was, yeah, I'm like, no. And it was really interesting. You could see the history of this person, how she lived just in the carpet, like where she had, she'd walked around the bed because there was a bed like oh, there was yeah. lining around the bed and there yep. was lining in the carpet where she'd put her feet every day when she was watching a bit of TV. And just wow. Yeah, <laughs> that's all gone now. We've got these amazing floorboards that are down that are, get, that are getting done as we speak. Uh, shout out to Solomon's Flooring in Willoughby. Those guys are legends. <laughs> oh, I'll be giving you a discount. <laughs> <Nice> plug. <laughs> <laughs> plug, plug. Um, Bear Plumbing, plug, plug. Those guys are awesome too. <laughs> I don't know if I've got any others that I need to shout so out. So you're putting to, in uh, your kitchen and bathroom and floors uh, and painting everything before you move in? Okay. Eventually. So painting, um, we've got this cabin-styled kitchen that is getting a paint um, and we're getting a dishwasher put in. Uh, floorboards mm. are going down and the paint has been epic. Um, and so we're just getting all that stuff, that stuff done now. Um, really I call out to everyone to, if you're moving into a strata building, um, you want to understand whether or not you can just put down floorboards straight away. We had to do a lot of work to get that done. Ah, So much work, so much work. Yeah. Really good tip. So we were going to ask you, what's your your one piece of advice for, for first home buyers who are still climbing the mountain? And maybe that's it, but I'm sure you've got something to add, but did you have to batten underneath and and put soundproofing in and all of that? (sighs) Yeah. Regular pole K552 and certain decibel. You've got some characters in buildings. Hey, like (laughs) there's this particularly one guy in our building who used to be a builder back in a previous life. And he's all like very to the T and he doesn't even live anywhere near me in the building yet. He's very opinionated on what needs to go down. So we just, it's it's easier not to argue with some of those people. So we paid the additional amount for the special regular poll and that was what got it over the line and good, yep. prep. good and, prep. And and we'll hopefully keep uh, neighbourly relations on a positive footing that you, you did the extra. Yes. Yeah. Because Very you don't want to have arguments with your neighbours. 
It is something when we look at apartments that have flooring down, though, the very first thing I want to know is did you get approval? Because you definitely Mm. don't want to be buying something that looks like it's got lovely floors and then be told you have to rip it up. Mm. So true. Mm. So true. So do you have. That's been sensational. But yeah, Veronica. Yeah, do you have a parting piece of advice for those intrepid first home buyers who are still climbing that big mountain? Oh, that's a difficult one, right? You gotta just you gotta save, but don't just don't go down the road of the high rise or the 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 you know the house and land package unless you absolutely had to. I'm so glad I didn't, and I avoided that. Um, I've just got mates that have been burnt by it already. Um, there's a guy at work who who bought one of the places in St. Leonard's and it cost him over a mil and he's had issues and he can't move in. And it's just, I think that's probably, you know, invest in a good team. Um, and, and, you know, and this is your first property. So just, you know, make a, make a wise decision and, and probably try and go for low density. That's, that'd be my biggest thing. Cause it's not so much, it's, you've got to think long-term, you've got to think long-term. Well, preaching from the hymn book, so um, we're we're on board with you there. Um, Mike, we're so thrilled for you guys. When when you've finished your sort of your tart-up, do you want to send us some photos? Because this episode, (laughs) we'll have a blog that goes with it. (laughs) Yeah, send some before and afters and we'll add them to the the blog post for this episode. Um, And, you know, we're just so thrilled to have been part of your journey and we're so thrilled that you got there. I know when you sent me photos when you were in that process, you're just about to make your offer and you, and you shot them through. I was like, oh, I do like, I like the outlook. I like the big balcony. I like the size. You know, there's yeah. there's a lot of real, and I love what we call a Nana's house or a Nana's home. You know, mm. it's it's been well loved. It's big had a bones. good, it's, yeah, and really yeah. good bones. And and you're, you're going to make the most out of that. We're so thrilled for you. Yeah, that confidence that you gave me by even just replying to the messages actually really helped to justify because you're so scared as a first home buyer that you're going to make the wrong decision. Um, and knowing that you've been through a process with professionals really adds a lot of weight to the process. And if you've got any anxiety as a first home buyer, going through the Home Buyer Academy will help to relieve that. Oh, well, we oh, didn't even pay you to plug. say that, so thank you. Yes. <laughs> Lovely, lovely, lovely. Well, thanks, Mike. We wish you all the best. Don't forget to send the photos through. Will do. Thank you. In this episode, we've covered a very small part of our 10-step online course for first-time buyers. If you would like to learn more about the process and how to buy without making a mistake, then head over to our website, www.homebuyeracademy.com.au. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you won't miss an episode. And if you like what you've heard today, please give us an iTunes review. Five stars would be wonderful. It will help others find us as well. Thank you for joining us. We hope you found this really useful. And if you have, please share the love with others who you know are in the same boat. We'll be back next week with some more priceless stuff.